0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's own program for hyperlocal news and community affairs programming. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Having been hit with our first winter storm of the year now, now is a good time for folks to remember to clear snow from their fire hydrants when they clear snow from their sidewalks. The Belmont Fire Department recommends clearing snow For three feet on each side of the fire hydrant, in addition to clearing a clear path to the street. Doing this small task will save the first responders time in the event of an emergency. Hello everyone, welcome to this week in the Belmont Citizen Herald. I have with me today Joanna Juvelis, who is the senior multimedia journalist for the Citizen Herald. Joanna there. Uh, was an activity that nobody really would expect it uh, in Belmont, uh, a Very couple of businesses uh, were broken into.
1: Yes, and apparently someone uh, was aware that maybe people wouldn't be paying as much attention Thanksgiving Eve, the night before Thanksgiving, businesses close early, everyone wants to get home to their families. Two businesses, on Trapello Road, Sophia's Greek Pantry and Fiorella's Express, they're right next door to each other, were Burglarized on Thanksgiving Eve, they both discovered. Both business owners discovered it on Thanksgiving Day and reported it to the Belmont Police.
0: And did they lose money? Did they lose? They what did. They, lose? they
1: did. the The burglars gained access on the Newton Street side of the building. There's a side. There's side doors to both businesses on that, and the lock was actually pried off at Sophia's Greek Pantry. Uh, at Fiorello's Express, I heard the door was just open. Um, the only one that had surveillance video of the burglars was Fiorella's Express. Um, there's a, a picture that shows um, a hooded two hood men in hooded sweatshirts. But they can't
0: tell who. Right, that, you can't see the faces.
1: So what happened at Sophia's is $100 was taken out of the cash register. Cabinets were opened. A box that she had with donations for veterans and homeless veterans. was was burglarized as well, and there was about $1,000 worth of stuff in there. And she said she had a security camera still in the box that she meant to put out, uh, she was planning to put out, and that was taken as well. That was valued at $400. So she had all that taken, and Fiorella's Express had $500 in their cash register taken. But what I find interesting is that in their upstairs office, they had a safe with over $1,200 that was also taken.
0: So it really sounds like people had been watching these two businesses. that
1: way. So it's unfortunate. Maybe they'll up their security over there. I'm sure the police are keeping an eye on businesses on Trapello Road. Extra close eye.
0: Okay. And speaking of unfortunate, we're losing another business. Uh,
1: Yes, another business in Belmont has closed its doors permanently. That is the loading dock, which is 11 Brighton Street. by by the high school.
0: It used to be the White Hand Pantry. It
1: used to be the White Hand Pantry. A Belmont resident owns it. The building is actually for sale. Um, It's it's for sale for $2.5 million. But do you want to hear a little history about the building? Sure.
0: The loading dock has a history. It does have
1: a history. So the owner bought the property. There's two condo units side by side and he bought them for about a, a million dollars in 2000, I think it was 2010 or 2011. And since then it was a white hen pantry. It started out as a white hen pantry and he's done a lot of, he did a lot of renovation. He put over a million dollars into the property and he got, he was one of four applicants for a license to sell alcohol and he won the license in 2000, I think it was 2014 and that, but, the, but as a condition he had to give up tobacco and lottery sales. Then, the other side of the business, he was turning into a restaurant, and he wanted to apply for a pouring license, but the town told him he couldn't have both. As it turns out, the state law changed, and he actually could. But in the meantime, he sold his license to sell, which he bought from the town for $4,000. He sold it for $400,000 to Star Market. And the town, the select board, had to approve the, the transfer because the license was transferable. Unlike most licenses now that are non-transferable, this particular license did not have And the law
0: has since been changed, so it will not be transferable. That's right. The law
1: in Belmont does not allow that.
0: And the closing of the loading dock really, in many ways, comes as no surprise. They've cut back on their hours. That's right.
1: Yeah, they were not open during the week. Okay. Well, thanks for bringing us up. The question is what will go there next?
0: Yes. We've been speaking with Joanna Juvelis, the senior multimedia journalist for the Belmont Citizen Herald. The Belmont Public Schools English Learners Department is inviting parents to be part of the new English Learners Parents Advisory Council, or ELPAC. BMC's Mike Crowley hosted Lindsay Rinder, the head of this department, to tell us more.
2: Tell us Tell us some just a little bit about sort of the magnitude of how many English language learners we have and how this 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 new parents group came about.
3: Sure. Uh, we're really fortunate in Belmont to have a very international community. Um, in fact, about a quarter of students in the Belmont Public Schools report that they speak a language other than English primarily. Uh, in their homes. That's
2: interesting. And th- that's that's sort of beyond English language learners, exactly. right?
3: Exactly. So that's telling us we have a really bilingual or multilingual town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, about 8%, a little more than 8% of students in the Belmont Public Schools are classified as English learners, which okay. means that they're still working toward full proficiency in speaking, listening, reading, and writing. That's much higher at the elementary level. Mm -hmm. Um, It's between 15 or even 25%, um, depending on the school, of the elementary population. And then there's really only a handful of kids, eh, English learners, in the high school. And some of that is because over half of our students were born here. Our English learners. Okay. Yeah, okay. and so they're coming from multilingual homes where they've been learning their home languages up until they enter school, mm-hmm. and then they're starting to learn more English either in a, a preschool setting or when they come to us.
2: And, and what are some of the, the the top the top foreign language? foreign languages that, that are the, the sort of home languages of our English language learners.
3: Sure, so uh, 27% of our English learners speak Chinese at home. That, usually the Mandarin language, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's really just reflective of what a large population China has. They About a sixth of the world's population is Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, other the most um, common other languages are uh, Portuguese, Japanese, Spanish, French, and Korean, and about six or seven percent of our English learners speak uh, one of those, uh, or speak, each of those languages is spoken by six to seven percent of our English uh, learner population.
2: How how did this, this, this new parents group come about, and what are some of the challenges that it's hoping to deal with?
3: So we're really excited to be starting the LPAC. This is a group that's very similar to the current Special, special Education Parent Advisory Council, or the CPAC. Mm-hmm. And the state passed legislation in um, the 2017-18 school year called the LOOK Act, or Language Opportunities for Our Kids. And that um, piece of legislation had uh, a number of great changes. Um, that they put in place to help support language development for all of our students, not just our English learners. Mm-hmm. One of those is the LPAC. So the LPAC is a parent group that's intended to provide a parent network that's parent-led, parent-run, um, to, so that English learner parents, uh, or the parents of English learners, can provide support to each other, but also so they have an action network. Okay. So if there are issues that they want to learn more about, bringing speakers, for example, um, to our community to talk about the benefits of bilingualism. If there are concerns they have, um, for example, homeschool communication is often difficult. They have suggestions for how we might be able to make things better. So one of their roles is to advise the school district, um, including myself, including the school committee, on how we might best meet the needs and um, really um, maximize the strengths of our English learner students.
2: How many meetings have you had so far and how can how can people, how can people learn about the, the new parents group and, and get involved?
3: We would love to have as many families uh, involved as possible. Um, voting members are the parents of English learners, but anyone from the public is welcome to attend meetings if they are interested in multilingualism. Um, we have had one meeting so far mm-hmm. uh, at the Winbrook School. Our next meeting is gonna be at the Chenery School on December 11th, that's a Wednesday, right. at six o'clock. And we would love to see as many people there as possible. You can learn more about this by going to the main uh, webpage of the Belmont Public Schools uh, website okay. and looking for information about the LPAC.
2: Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. And, and I, I'm confident that the, the new parents group will be a great success, uh, and thank you for, so much for coming in to talk with us today.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. I have with me today Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of the Belmontonian, Belmont's online source for hyperlocal news. Franklin, there is news concerning a development at the McLean property.
4: That's right, it's the uh, um, the last uh, resi- big residential area that can be built on the McLean. And what's happening is that we've talked about this before, it's uh, uh, something that a-, a lot of groups in town are praising. Uh, this is the second uh, version of what it is. It's 144 units. 104 of those units going to be apartments. they're going to be rentals, um, and 25% of that is going to be affordable. There's going to be 40 uh, 40 um, uh, units of uh, townhouses that that's similar to what's on, in McLean right now, uh, and five percent and five of those are going to be affordable. What's interesting now is that uh, uh, they uh, that all sides, the town and the developer, they want to push this forward. So what we might see is a special town meeting for March 16th for just this one um, project where we're going to have to change a lot of uh, bylaws or uh, and things like that to uh, get this moving. Um, uh, it's uh, interesting to th- see that you know they, they're willing to to, move, to push for a, a special town meeting when we're only six weeks away from the regular town meeting.
0: And, and we had decided uh, using a, a Royal we yes I know <laughs> uh, to not have a town meeting I- uh, earlier for the ice rink
4: that's right we we uh, the town was going to hold a march I think it was March 16th something in that in that area where we're going to talk about uh, the uh, uh, ice skating rink but that all blew up because it was uh, too compact and uh, they they said we'll do it in in March uh, in in April and then we pushed it and then we the royal we we pushed it back uh, another uh, five to six weeks simply because. Uh, they're now looking at tennis courts on the area,
0: and that, let's make it clear to folks that the, uh, the location where this development is being proposed is currently zoned for a high-rise senior development. That's so,
4: that's right. It, 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 when 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 this was first thought out 20 years ago, uh, that's what it uh, well it was 15 years ago that it was finally you know hammered out what was what could go there. Yeah, it was a very large. Um, uh, mostly it was a, um, uh, an assisted care living. They, now they're, they're moving away from that.
0: Okay, let's close the, the door on that uh, mm-hmm. for the moment. We'll hear more about that, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually in January. That's yeah. right.
4: We're gonna have, a, there is gonna be a public meeting. And um, uh, yeah, I believe it's uh, in mid-January. Where people can then uh, discuss this, but it it really has a lot of uh, uh, movement towards uh, favorability. I mean, people are very talking very highly about this.
0: Okay, uh, let's close the door on that. Um, tell me what a
4: chicane is. A chicane is well, the chicane is when you. Uh, 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 when you put a, a little turn in the road for safety reasons and and and, and for for a lot of reasons, um, uh, there's a famous chicane at uh, at the racetrack at Le Mans in France. Uh, it, it was just the people, people cars were just going so quickly. They put a little knot in the so road. So it's a
0: traffic calming. That's right.
4: right. It, it it calms the traffic. And um, we've
0: got one coming to Belmont.
4: The very first one in Belmont, and it's going to be on Cottage. Which is be- which is uh, if you know where the pool is, that's the road that runs uh, from School Street to uh, uh, Concord. Com- con- uh, to uh, Concord Avenue, and uh, what. Why they're doing this is because the the residents on the road said, you know, we accept that that we need parking and, and parking's there, uh, but but we don't want parking on just one side of the street because it would um, it's it's it, you would have just cars just zooming down the street. So they wanted to just calm it down. So they're going to put a little hook in the road, and where you're going to have parking on left like on the. Uh, right, I keep forgetting which side it is. It's at the right side on the very top, you know, between when you just get off School Street, and then in the middle you'll have a little bit of a crink, and then it'll fly, and then it'll go back down to Conquer Avenue,
0: and the parking will be on the other side. So it will allow parking and still slow people down. That's right. So a chicane is coming to Belmont on <laughs> Cottage Street. We've been speaking with Franklin Tucker, the editor and publisher of The Belmontonian. The Belmont Community Chorus will be performing a concert of seasonal music at the Beach Street Center on December 10th. The Belmont Journal visited a recent rehearsal of the community chorus and talked to their music director to find out what the community chorus is and what it means to the town of Belmont.
5: The Belmont Community Chorus is an outgrowth of the parent-teacher group that probably started uh, in 2010, I'm gonna say. And uh, after a couple of years of doing this uh, during the months of January into February, some of the members felt that they wanted to continue um, and not just not just be in the schools uh, with, their, with their children, but to have a chorus where they could sing as, as adults. It brings together people who really, really enjoy singing and in the case of this particular chorus it is a non-auditioned group. Um, I've always felt in all of the years of teaching that I have done that anyone is able to sing. It may take, it may take more uh, uh, for some of them to be able to find that singing voice but I have rarely found a person who did not have that ability to do it. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for people who feel maybe maybe some are very confident and some are not so confident and it gives them the joy of participating in a group. In our, our December concert uh, at, uh, at the Beach Street Center, um, I've given them. Um, I, I always give them a, a, a spiritual to perform, um, some some very up tempo things, often often a Beatles piece, um, but then some very emotional. I said, if you if you manage to to produce uh, one or two of these more emotional songs to the point that it makes me as a director cry, tears of joy, then you've done your job. So you can give me about half of that lesson. Like you're singing to yourself, like you're trying to lullaby, sing yourself a lullaby. When when people come come to our concerts, what we are hoping that they they will uh, take from us is the joy that they see in our singers' faces, that that they they feel they feel a, a part of the group even if they are not singing with us. That that our members are looking looking at me as a director, but also looking at the audience to to encourage them to um, participate in in in. Uh, uh, with, it may not be in the, in the singing, but it is definitely in the communication of looking, looking at people's eyes and the joy that, that comes from, um, from the, the kind of music that we make.
0: Joey's Park is the newest home of a buddy bench donated to the town of Belmont by the Middlemiss Foundation. Becca Peasy, who is involved with the foundation, explains to BMC's Sharice Zarunian why the bench is more than just a bench.
6: Hi, my name is Becca Peasey and I'm from Belmont, Mass. I'm so excited to tell you about a new donation to our town. We are the newest home of a buddy bench in memory of Joseph Scott Middlemiss, who lost his life to cardiomyopathy. Joey's Park itself is dedicated to Joey O'Donnell, the son of Joe and Kathy O'Donnell. Joey lost his battle with cystic fibrosis at the age of 12. I remember helping build Joey's Park with my family in 1989. This park means so much to me and I cannot think of a better home for it. A huge thank you to the Middlemiss Foundation for this donation. They do so much for the community. They even have a Boston Marathon team who are totally inspiring that raises money for the Joseph Middlemiss Big Heart Foundation, which honors Joseph's message of all you need is love. By spreading kindness, empowering children, funding cardiomyopathy research, supporting families dealing with pediatric cardiac conditions. I hope our community comes together to enjoy this awesome gift to Joey's Park. What I like about it is that you can just grab a friend or you can come sit down if you're feeling lonely and somebody can come join you. They see that they're playing at the park and maybe they see that you need a friend and they come down and join you on the bench and you can talk about the day and I think it's a great thing for our community. Hope to see you there.
0: Belmont's Friends of the Council on Aging recently hosted its annual craft fair. The Belmont Journal had an opportunity to sit down with Karen Nichols, organizer of the event, to talk about what goes on at the fair and how the Friends of the COA use the money that they raise. We're here today at the
7: Beach Street Craft Fair, sponsored by the Belmont Friends of the Council on Aging. This fair has been going on for about 15 years, a little more than that probably, and has grown over the years. The craft fair supports the programs here at the center, Um, different new programs that we need to finance people who can't afford to pay for some of the programs. It it gives them scholarships. Um, An example might be we have evening programs and we need transportation for the seniors for the evening programs. And we help to support that. We have the fair at this time of the year so that people can buy their holiday gifts if they would like to. But we find a lot of people come in year after year because they know what we have here and they buy things for themselves. Like one lady told me, oh, I come every year and get myself a new apron because we usually have aprons for sale. The women um, make it the sewing class. The crafts are really varied. We have anything from homemade candy, to jewelry, to birdhouses, to um, doll clothes, to scarves, to knitted work. One of the things I've noticed is that when people come into the fair, we have to provide a lot of places to sit because people want to stop and talk to their friends and their neighbors who they happen to bump into when they came into the fair. And so it's kind of a social outing on a Saturday afternoon. And if they stop for lunch, they often find a table where they find friends that they can sit down and have lunch with. So it provides sort of a gathering place as well as a buying place. One of the fun things we have is our people who work in Needlework every year, and I can't believe they do it every year, produce a wonderful quilt, which we raffle off. And this year we have a handmade train, a wooden train that that one of our people built or uh, constructed. So our handicrafters here at the center are very busy and they donate all of this to the center.
0: Three Belmont High School seniors, Anna Biondo, Catherine Donovan, in Shannon Hallway helped choreograph a dance with 20 teachers and administrative staff at the pregame pep rally on November 27th. Let's take a look to see how it all turned out. All right, now we've got the teacher dance floor.
2: Choreographed by Patrick Donovan,
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Jane Peters with our community calendar to tell us about all that there is fun and interesting to do in the town of Belmont in the
8: coming week. Hi, I'm Jane, and this is your community calendar for next week. The Loved Child presents a week of free demo classes, including play and parenting classes, music and movement classes, and more. Learn more about the different classes offered and sign up at thelovedchild.net. Author Stephen Puello will visit the library on Monday at 11 a.m. to discuss American Treasures: The Secret Efforts to Save the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Gettysburg Address. Learn about the efforts to save such documents from the British Army in 1814, threats of sabotage and bombings during World War II, and years of neglectful management. Join the library and the gallery of art for a joint story time at the gallery on Tuesday at 3.30. Children can view the art from the gallery's elemental exhibit, hear stories from the library's children's librarian, enjoy snacks, and create a craft to take home. The Belmont Youth Commission presents a free showing of Night at the Museum at Studio Cinema on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Optional toy donations will be accepted at the door. Have you ever found an animal bone and wondered what part of the body it belonged to? Want to know how to tell what an animal eats just by looking at its teeth? Explore real animal skulls and bones on Wednesday, December 11th at 2.30 at the library. This program is presented by Habitat and is for grades 1 and up. Someone left candy canes all over the Beach Street Center. Kids can bring their flashlights to help find them on Friday, December 13th at 4.30. You may even find a special candy cane that can be exchanged for a prize. And on Friday night, parents can enjoy a night out from 6 to 9 p.m. Drop your kids off with Recreation Department staff for a fun night of activities. Registration for both the candy cane hunt and parents' night out is required at belmontrecreation.magalaxy.net. Participate in a thrilling performance of G.F. Handel's Messiah at Powers Music School's Belmont Open Sings on Sunday at 7.30. Experience the thrill of singing your favorite works accompanied by a professional-level orchestra and revel in arias sung by some of Boston's finest soloists, led by Mary Beekman. The concert takes place at the Payson Park Church. Visit Westcott Mercantile to drop off your letters to Santa anytime between now and December 20th. Mailboxes to the North Pole are now posted at both Leonard Street locations. Monetary donations up to $15 for the Belmont Food Pantry will also be accepted and matched. And that's all for next week. If you'd like to have your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org.
0: Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Belmont Journal. Thanks for watching. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I'll see you again next time.